altered mosquito into the population? Yes. It takes a single organism to potentially spread that change to the entire population. Now, the reason why we're talking about this at On the Media is because we care about transparency. And it really bothered you when the U.S. National Academy of Sciences released a long-awaited set of guidelines for conducting gene drive research and left out the one that you've strenuously advocated for, which is transparency. Why is it so crucial in this case? We as a society now have the ability to alter ecosystems. We can do it together, slowly, carefully, humbly, with collective scrutiny to keep us from making mistakes. Or we can do it behind closed doors, and scientists can ask people to trust them, despite the fact that they're choosing to do their work behind closed doors. We will not only be safest, but we will be able to do the most good if we do everything in the open. What's more, I don't think that there's a moral alternative. I want people who ideologically object to the very notion of altering nature in any way, I would love for those people to take a close look at exactly what my group is working on and proposing to do and try to find anything they can think of that might go wrong. And if they succeed, if they find something that we can't invent a way around, we can't make it safe, then the project has to halt. And that's as it should be. Right now, scientists do not tell anyone what they are currently doing and planning to do in the laboratory. I think the system would be better if all research was done in the open. Gene drive is the place where we must start. Everyone should have an opportunity to share their concerns and criticism when it comes to technologies that will impact all of us. And we would be foolish to dismiss concerns simply because someone doesn't have a degree. You recently met with a couple dozen Nantucket, Massachusetts residents to seek permission for a CRISPR-based experiment you wanted to conduct there, which would aim to diminish the transmission of Lyme disease. You're not worried that by sharing the design of your study with the public, you've also invited scientists in the field to scoop you? By being so open about it and receiving media coverage about it, it will now look bad if anyone else does. (laughs) So to some extent, we are free to take the first step and be rewarded for it. What's hard is for the next person coming behind us. Yeah, it seems to me that... This is a little pie in the sky. How do you change the tide of money flow? Well, if funders require that proposals requesting money to perform experiments be made public, that would get us most of the way there. Most science is funded by the government, taxpayers. And given that, why is it done behind closed doors, which does not benefit taxpayers? So because this kind of research changes everyone's environment, you want the whole public in on it. And you know what happens when you do that. I mean, genetically modified anything causes an instinctive clutch reaction in a lot of people. And how do you get past that? Much of that reaction is precisely because research in genetically modified organisms did not offer clear and obvious benefits to most people. It was not done in the open. Safeguards were not clearly discussed in advance. And, of course, it was done largely by for-profit companies that people had other reasons to be skeptical of. In our discussions with the citizens of Nantucket and the Board of Health there, we did see a very different response to a project that would be nonprofit, done in the open, with the communities making all of the key decisions 
where the research would be tested, what kind of resistance to Lyme and other tick-borne diseases would be engineered into the mice. We observed a very, very different response from what you typically see when you bring up genetically modified foods. There seems to be a delicate balance here between the need to educate the public, include it into the discussions about gene drive systems, earn its trust, and the fear that the more people know about the technology and tinker with it, the greater the risk. So how do you mitigate the risk on both sides? It's a great question. So what am I afraid of? Well, I'm not particularly worried about ecological risks. That is, in fact, I I was surprised at how most of my ecologist colleagues are not particularly phased. Even though this technology can be used to suppress populations or possibly even eradicate them entirely. Like getting rid of mosquitoes completely. Well, there are 3,500 species of mosquitoes in the world, and six of them are responsible for the vast majority of human disease. Two are invasive in most of the world, and the other four are responsible for a child dying.